Welcome to episode 12 of the Booze Cruise podcast, where we are doing Rain Man, which is appropriate because it's raining outside a lot. Um, I have not seen this movie, but you have. I have. When was the last time you saw it? It's 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 been decades. It's like, been a long time. Well, it's been, what, oh, a little over 25 years since the movie came out, so it can't have been like... It's been 10 or 15 years. It's been a long time. Okay. Um, So obviously you know what the movie is about. So I'm the only party here that has no clue what the movie is about. Perfect. (laughs) Um, My, I have very, like, very limited frame of reference. So I know Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman are in it. Yes. That's all I know. Um, I know that um, Dustin Hoffman's character is autistic. Uh, close yes is that yes. accurate yeah. yeah that's accurate um they're brothers correct and they're on a road trip yes that's a big part of the movie um i know obviously like a big thing about rain man i think rain man's a really big deal in this area because there were parts of it that were filmed here and we don't really have that many like claims to fame in cincinnati and northern kentucky for like movies that were filmed here so right. everybody always talks about rain man because it's like Cincinnati right because it was especially years ago so there's been more more films done here recently right but that was a long time ago yeah but it was um and I don't know why it's called Rain Man I don't I'm assuming it has something to do with rain and a man you'll find out um and I know it won a bunch of awards yes um that's pretty much the extent of my knowledge. But it came out, which I guess we could talk about this after we watch the movie. But it came out 1988. So I was one. Yes. I believe in my research, it came out in December. Yeah, so you were just barely one. So I was just barely one. Do you remember seeing it? Did you go see it in theaters? I do think I saw it in theaters, but that's funny because December 1988 was when we moved up here. That was the month we moved That was going to be my big question was, were we, we didn't live here when they filmed it here. No, no, it, no. When it came out, we, we had just moved up here. Interesting. We moved up in December. I don't think I knew, ever knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you don't remember seeing it in theaters or you do, like you definitely saw it in theaters or. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters. You and dad went on a date? Probably. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I think the only thing for us to do. Is to just watch it. Sounds great. I'm excited to see all the little places. We were supposed to go to Pompilio's. There was a whole, we had a whole big plan. Um, and I'm about to like severely date this podcast. But um, we were supposed to go to Pompilio's. I was like, mom, we should make a big date out of it. We'll go eat lunch at Pompilio's. We'll come back. We'll record the, watch the movie, record the podcast. Um, and then coronavirus struck. And so now we're quarantined, which just feels like the perfect quarantine activity is to watch a movie and record a podcast. Exactly. Except for the fact that mom just pointed out that I have not disinfected the microphones. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, so we'll do that at a later date go do all the, I think that'd be fun. We should go to Pompilio's I agree. and then visit some of the filming locations. Yes, That would be great. That was going to be my big plan. Um, and then, you know the huge pandemic has struck. So that kind of ruined a little bit of our plans as yeah. I'm sure it's ruining lots of people's plans. Yes. But so without further ado, 
let's jump on in and watch Rain Man, and I'll find out why it's called that. Of course, I'm an excellent driver. He has me drive slow on the driveway. There's only 28 miles on the odometer since I drove it a week ago last Saturday. It should be more than 28 miles. What is this? Who is this guy? Raymond is your brother. My brother? I, I don't have a brother. I'm an excellent driver. You know how to drive? Yeah. Raymond! 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 You never, never touch the steering wheel when I'm driving. Do you hear me? Yeah. Do you hear me? Of course, I don't have my underwear. What? Disconnect them bones, them. Dry bones will disconnect them bones, them. Dry bones will disconnect them bones, them. Dry bones now hear the word of the Lord. Quite a trip, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Dustin Hoffman. Tom Cruise in a Barry Levinson film. I like having you for my brother. I'm an excellent driver. All right. Welcome to episode 12 of the Booze Cruise podcast. Rain Man with my mom, Karen Ross. <laughs> She's dying right now. <laughs> She's like, I'm so nervous. But you don't have anything to be nervous about. If it's bad, that's on me. It's not on you. So let that, you know, assuage any of your fears. You've had such wonderful guests so far. So, yes, I feel nervous. Yeah, but what makes you think you're not going to be any... Why did you pick Rain Man? Let's start there. Because this was... I know you wanted a few good men. Everybody wanted a few good men. Yes. Um, But your second choice was Rain Man. Why was that? Um, Probably because... Because it's an old one, and I think it was I think think it was one that you probably hadn't seen before, and I didn't want to pick any like the Mission Impossible's and stuff because I didn't think I would talk very good about those. <laughs> <laughs> you were scared I, you wouldn't be able to talk eloquently. about I wouldn't the... be a good guest. Yes, so this was I and, and clearly no one else picked Rain Man, right? Um, I mean, I asked I asked like family first, like what movies they wanted. Okay. Like I gave away the the good ones to the people closest to me. Oh, you probably shouldn't have said that. Well. It's true. So, so, so whoever ends up with like the random one off that nobody's heard of, I guess they'll know how close they are to me. <laughs> Unless they picked it, in which case, you know, that's on them. Um, but yeah, so you had, but you loved this movie, obviously, or love I it. Di- I, I did, but it's funny because I really like Tom Cruise, but you spend most of this movie kind of hating him, basically. He's kind of a jerk in this movie. He's very much of a jerk. Before we get into the movie, though, I do want to, because having not been a guest on the podcast yet, you have been the most talked about person on this podcast, (laughs) aside from Tom Cruise. Which is another reason I'm nervous to appear. (laughs) I don't know what's coming. So, um, but I know I want, I want to give you a platform to clear the air because I feel like (laughs) all of the family members have talked about you on the podcast. Are there any facts you'd like to correct? I, I absolutely do not remember in Top Gun saying that the beach scene was my favorite scene. I, I absolutely deny that. You do deny that. I do deny that. Okay. I do not remember that at all. And you don't, you didn't pick that one guy? What no. was his name? Um, oh, Slider. Slider. Yeah, Slider. Yeah. I mean, he's very, 
he's, <laughs> he's very handsome, but. So you're basically saying you could have said it, I, well, but you don't remember y- saying it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. And then I don't feel like, what did Catherine and I say about you in the Rock of Ages podcast? You've been name dropped a few I times. I don't know. J-Bo said, apologized for cussing. I mean, it's been, yeah, it's been entertaining for sure. Yeah. I think you've been mentioned in definitely three, possibly four, potentially five episodes. <laughs> and this is only episode 12. So that's a lot. Because um, Tom Cruise is definitely the only other mentioned person in this podcast <laughs> as much as you. Um Obviously, I'm excited to have my mom on the podcast. I've known her the longest of anyone That's since true. since before birth. So That's very true. Um, known her the longest of my entire life. Um, so I was excited to do Rain Man. Um, like I said in the All Aboard segment, I we had a whole fun day planned. So we'll have to do that some other time. Especially now that I've seen it, it's really fun. Yes. I want to go visit some of those places. Um, and especially now that I know that Bonnie Hunt was the waitress in Pompilio's, exactly. I definitely want to go. But now I'm confused because in that scene, they were talking about pancakes. And it's like, I, Pompilio's but I, clearly does not serve pancakes. Well, but I don't, but they never call it Pompilio's. I think they just filmed it there and it, they made it whatever they wanted. Excellent it. point. It's not necessarily an Italian restaurant in the movie. Excellent point. Um, but also at a bar. So anyway, bar and a breakfast place. Yeah, that doesn't really... I digress. I digress. Yes. Um, all right, so Rain Man was directed by Barry Levinson, which, mm-hmm. fun fact, he plays the psychiatrist at the end. That's oh, really? deciding whether or not he gets With to the stay gray, with Charlie. With the gray wavy hair? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's Barry Levinson. Um, the tagline for this felt very vague. Um, a journey through understanding and fellowship. Really? Like, they couldn't come up with something better? That's very bizarre. It sounds like a tagline for a church. (laughs) It does. That's very bizarre. (laughs) Like, right? Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, This might be one of Tom Cruise's most prestigious movies. Really? Um, 90% tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes and a 90% audience score. So that's definitely the highest of any of the ones that I've done so far. Um, And it won four Oscars. I knew that Dustin Hoffman got a, a Best Actor it, Oscar. Yes, and it won Best Picture. Yep. It won Best Director and Best Screenplay. Those are like the four. Those are like the big ones. Was it a light year for movies? I don't know. I didn't go to see what else was nominated against it. Um, Gene Hackman was nominated for something in the same category as Dustin Hoffman. I don't remember exactly what I it was. I would like to see what movies were up against that one. Um, I'll, I'd have to go back and look at that. Um, the budget for this was $25 million. Um, it made $350 million, $354 million worldwide and $173 million in the U.S. So it obviously more than recouped um, its money back. And it actually was the highest grossing movie of 1988. Oh, um, wow. Really? Yeah, exactly. I guess I'm assuming since it came out in December that they used all the like the money that it made after the new year yeah. to like go into that can i ask you what you thought about it since you had not seen it before um yes um i loved it i actually teared up a little bit at the end yeah when he was like my main man charlie and then he put like put his little head up against his head no it's kind of like it's endearing he is kind of like i agree though i wrote a couple in my notes a couple times that i was like Tom Cruise is kind of a jerk in this movie. And then he comes around. It's like... Yeah. But he spends most of it being a real jerk. He really does. Yeah. And like, but part of you, like, I feel like you're watching it and you're like, I understand the frustration, especially like having just met him and not really like, 
I think I understand the frustration of, um, like my dad was a real jerk. Right. He's kind of like, I imagine that he's a lot like his dad. I would agree. Um, and so he's cut out of the will, you know, he doesn't really get, he gets the car kind of as like a, and the rose bushes. Yeah. Which, which what guy wants a rose bush? I know. Um, it's, it's basically the car is almost like a slap in the face. It's not even like a, right. It's not even like a kind gesture. It's like, Oh yeah, you wanted this car. Well, you were a jerk about it. Here you go. Right. And then he gives the 3 million to, um, Raymond. Which I got it. I wrote in my notes. I was like, I get it. Yep. Rain man. Rain man. Raymond. Yes. I get it. Um, so you did really like it. I did. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I I thought Dustin Hoffman was amazing. It's brilliant. So good in it. And I'm trying to think of what else I've seen Dustin Hoffman. I don't know that I've seen a lot of his like performances. So I don't know that I have like... He's like one of those actors that's like, I feel like I'm like, oh yeah, Dustin Hoffman. And then I'm like, but have I really seen him in a lot? <laughs> like everybody knows who he is, but like, I don't know yeah. what else I've seen him I bet him you in. have. I'm sure I've seen him in like a bunch of movies, but I just, because I mean, obviously I know who he is. Right. Um, Did you feel it, like it was slow at all? That it moved slowly? No, I didn't. Okay. Did you? A, a little, but I don't know if it's because I, I don't know if it's because I had seen it before and I was anxious to see some of the other scenes again. Oh yeah, like you were waiting for... Yeah. scenes to come up maybe but yeah. I kind of feel like in a way to some degree maybe it was supposed to feel a little long because of how long it took them to get out there like he was supposed yes. to like you know he's trying to like shove him on a plane and he like doesn't want to get on there and so then they're like oh we have to drive to LA right and so for um for uh ugh, Charlie he it is long for him so if you felt that maybe it was on purpose maybe so like because the it took you know exponentially longer than it was supposed to. Um, before we get into all of that though, the drink for today's episode mm-hmm. was Raymond's Cream Skull Float. I named it, um, and I obviously it's really hard for me to come up with the cocktails when I haven't seen the movie because I right. don't have anything to base it off of. So I just try to do like a little bit of research, and when I googled are there any drinks famous drinks in rain man (laughs) um which i'm surprised that didn't work um a recipe came up for a drink called the the rain man it was just called Hmm. that and it was um it had orange juice in it which i'm sure is a nod to raymond's character right um he drank apple juice remember you could have had he drank we could have had little boxes of apple juice but you would have would have killed me i know not killed you but I mean, not kill me. I would have been very. You would have had a bad stomachache. I really would have. Yes. Mom poisoned me with apple juice when I was younger I didn't because mean she, to. Did, she I didn't, didn't know that I was allergic to. to apples. And then she was like, "Oh my gosh, we've been poisoning her for four years." Um, I mean, I lived, so it's fine. You did. Um, but Raymond loves orange soda, so that the drink that was online was just something somebody made up, and it was repeated over and over again on all these websites. So it wasn't actually in the movie, and so, but I did discover in my research that Raymond loves orange soda, um, much like Kel from Nickelodeon. Um, and <laughs> uh, so I was like, okay, so I'll look up some drinks with that have orange soda in it. I'm not a huge fan of orange flavored stuff. Um, ever since that incident in the first house. I, I remember the carpet. yes I, I vividly remember that we just moved into a brand new house yeah tell the story mom um we just moved into a brand new house and you had a little bit of a stomach ache maybe nerves so we gave you some pepto-bismol and then you proceeded to puke pink pepto in the right in the middle of our family room what was brand I new eating? carpet it i don't remember you we, don't remember we moved in 
We were we went to Cracker Barrel before we went to see the new house. Yeah, I was four. How do you? How do I remember this and you don't? Well, I don't. You've eaten a lot of meals since then. <laughs> I don't remember that one. Not any meals that I puked back up in the middle of the floor. I don't of the remember new house. what was it that you ate. I at Cracker Barrel, and then I got one of those ten cent candy sticks. Remember, you'd always oh, let us get those ten cent yes. candy sticks, and I got an orange flavored one. That's right. And after that, I threw up. And ever since then, I've not really liked orange flavored stuff. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Remember mm-hmm. every time we go to Destin, we get the sunshine cake or whatever, and yes. I'm kind of like, eh. Which is, we're like, glad. I don't really like it. Yeah, but it's nice, because then we can just eat more of it. Well, obviously. Yeah. But it's orange flavored. I did not know I that. Yeah, so I think it's, uh, so I I mean, well, I enjoyed sorry. it. I drank the whole thing, so it's not like I hated it, but. It was good. You didn't explain it. You need to describe it. Um. So the or, so the creamsicle float um, is four ounces of orange soda, one and a half ounces of whipped cream vodka, which mom loved. I did. It was very tasty. <laughs> um, and two scoops of vanilla ice cream. Um, and basically, you add the vodka in first. Then you spoon in the two scoops of the vanilla ice cream, and then you pour the orange soda on top, um, filling the glass up to the top. It was pretty good. It was yummy. Yeah, I I liked it. It felt like a you drink. Oh, yes. Yeah. Ice cream, sure. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't love a float? I agree. Um, So, yeah, so we went, uh, so we did that one. It was pretty good. Obviously, nod to Raymond um, and his love of orange soda. Um, But, yeah, we 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 should have had cheese balls. We should have had cheese puffs, yeah. For because yeah. I well, no, they weren't cheese puffs; they were cheese balls. There's a difference. Oh, are the cheese puffs the noodley? Yes, type ones. Yes. He does like the cheese balls. He eats them with toothpicks. With the toothpick, yeah. Which that's a big thing. I didn't know. So my reference, I forgot to say this in the all aboard segment. I said I meant to say all I know is that they're brothers, and my only other frame of reference is Miss Congeniality when she was like, "I was like a female Rain Man up there." Like, oh yeah, and that's like my only other reference and then sandra bullock's like um like she does the definitely 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 you know like whatever and i was like okay so i like i get the reference um but yeah like i didn't i didn't realize that the tooth and i know the toothpick scene like i've heard of it like the box yeah yeah, and i've never but i've never i don't know maybe i've seen it i don't know if i'd seen it before i didn't it didn't look familiar to me um but i know of the toothpick scene and i think because it was filmed here. Everyone's like, you know, the toothpick scene is filmed at Pompilio's. And you're right. like, okay. Like, you just hear it. Um, but I didn't realize how big the toothpicks were in the storyline yes. of the movie. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, overall, I, I did. I really enjoyed it. There wasn't anything I didn't like about it. And I actually didn't take that many notes because I feel like I was sucked into the story. Like, I didn't write a whole lot down. Um Except like, you know, phrases and stuff here and there. I literally was like, this is the most 80s version of Tom Cruise. Oh my Cruise. gosh. I, what's the most 80s version of everything? Everything was so 80s in that movie. See, and I don't really remember the 80s because I was, you know, three right. in 1990. So That was my prime. Your, the 80s? That was well, your prime? I would think so, yeah. I mean, because, okay, so You're in 1980 20s. you were, so it's 15 to 25 for you, right? No, 14 to 24. Right, because you were born yes. in '66. Uh, did we have to really? I'm sorry. Jeez, <laughs> you outed my age. Well, I mean, podcast. it's gonna take some math. We don't, <laughs> we don't have Rain Man listening to it. Um, <laughs> but I mean, people would guess. But people would probably guess that you're older based on my age. So that's actually that's pro- that's well, actually maybe. doing you a service. Maybe I so. think. So 14 to 24, the 80s were your prime. Yes. Probably maybe not the beginning of the 80s, but towards no. the end. <laughs> 14's not anybody's prime. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> That's true. I still have a comb. That comb I use, I think you got in the 80s. Yeah, um, probably. It feels very I mean, 80s. it's like high school, college, young. 
Yeah. That's my heirloom, by the way. Everybody has stuff they get from their parents that they consider their heirloom. Mom, I don't know how I got it because you didn't like give it to me. Is it the the pink one? The no, it's the blue one with the pink and purple tips on yeah. the... Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, you still have that. I do. I use it every day. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Wow. It's my heirloom. It is the best comb ever. It is a great comb. It's lasted forever. Do you think you got it in the 80s? Probably. Oh, I'm sure. Wow. Yeah. That thing's older than me, probably. Probably. Oh, my gosh. That's insane. Um, I'll yeah, buy you a new one for Christmas. No, I love it. Don't buy me a new okay. one. I'm going to pass it down to my children if I ever have them. <laughs> um, I'll be like, your grandmother bought this 70 years ago. That's right. Um, okay. So, most 80s version of Tom Cruise. Most 80s version of everything. Yes. Because um, Cocktail actually came out the same year as Rain Man, which is weird. Did it really? Yeah. They Was both it before? Yeah, I mean, it had to have been, right? Because this yeah. came out in December. That's right. That's right. Um, and Cocktail is, like, pretty 80s, but this is, like, 80s. Yes. Like, his hair. I literally, it was funny that you said that because I was like, his hair is very floofy in this movie. And then I was like, like, dads? And then we're halfway through the movie and mom's like, that's exactly what the back of your dad's hair looked it's, like. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and obviously, I don't remember it in person, but... I've seen pictures and that one picture, you know which one I'm talking about. It's me, you and dad. And yes. I think I'm like one and I look like I'm crying. And he's got or about the mustache. The mustache, but yes. the hair, that is the Tom that, Cruise yes, it is. Rain Man hair that yes, dad had. I feel like it's only fair. He threw you under the bus. We got to throw dad I under agree. the bus. Did you say this came out? Sorry, I'm just not <clears> thinking. Did you say it came out in 87 or 88? 88. December okay, of 88. Right. Okay, yeah. yeah. Then we were just up here. We literally just moved up here. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um... So that's, I mean, they would have filmed it. Um, I looked, actually looked up the filming dates. They filmed it uh, May through July of 1988. And they actually filmed it as sequentially as they could. So all of the beginning stuff would have been filmed in like May of 88, May, June of 88. Interesting. Um, here in Cincinnati. Did you guys hear anything about it down in like Lexington? Like where did you hear like, oh, they're filming a new movie up in Not Cincinnati? Not that I can remember. Or- but it's funny because I think that is a, I would have, we possibly would have been interviewing up here at the time. I'm trying to remember. But no, I don't remember. It's it's interesting. So in Central Kentucky at that time, you wouldn't get any, infor- you wouldn't get any news information up here except for like Reds or Bengals in Central Kentucky. Oh, they didn't care about anything else. No. It's probably still similar to that. Yeah. I would assume. Um, the, the next note I had, so actually just get, let's do an elevator pitch for those people who haven't seen Rain Man like me. Do your, it's not a complicated plot, but give me just no. like a basic rundown of the movie. So like Cliff Notes versions? Yeah. A short version? Yeah. So so Charlie Babbitt is, is a spoiled, rotten, privileged, appears to be a privileged um, young man who has this business that you can tell he's running um, always by the seat of his pants and always just... Which, want- by the way, they never actually explain what he does. I still don't get it. It's something he, to do with cars, selling, buying. I think he imported vehicles. What Back oh, in the okay. day, you know, you had to really import those rare models. Yeah. It wasn't like they were always available and then he would sell them. Gotcha. But they had to pass certain, certain codes and stuff. So he had this business, but he was always kind of like one step away from either success or failure. And then he finds out his father has passed away, which he hasn't had a relationship with his father for a very, very long time. He goes back for the funeral... His his dad was wealthy, so had several million dollars and the house and the rose bush rose bushes. And we find out that the car there was an incident with the car, which is which is what Charlie got in the will, but that's actually what drove them apart. There was an incident with the car. 
and Charlie ran away and, and never spoke to his dad again. But in the process of the reading of the will, he finds out he just gets the car and the rose bushes. Everything else goes to a, a benefactor. And so he's he, he he's very smooth. He's very suave. He's very young. And he ends up going to the bank and finding out that the benefactor is a, a young man in an institution um, in Cincinnati. And, and over the course of time, he finds out that it is his brother. And so then he basically kidnaps his brother um, from the institution because he's wanting to get the money. He really doesn't care about his brother, but he wants to get his hands on at least part of the money, uh, the $3 million. And so he takes him on this road trip. So he lives in L.A. His brother's in Cincinnati. So he's taking him back to L.A. So the vast majority of the movie is that road trip because um, Raymond, who is his brother, his older brother, um, is not able to, it doesn't want to fly. So he's an autistic savant. I miss that. That's a big part. Yeah. So he's an autistic savant um, and Charlie doesn't know what to do with him. So he doesn't understand him. He doesn't know what to do with him. He doesn't know how to react to him. Um, So through the course of this road trip, he gets to know him. Um, and then he really isn't very, he's not kind to him at all through the entire, almost the entire road trip. And then he finds out, I left out a part. So he had told during the funeral, he had told his girlfriend that he used to have an imaginary friend named Rain Man who would come and sing to him when he was scared. And so through the course of the trip, he finds out that, um, that his brother Raymond was actually Rain Man who would come and sing to him when he's scared. He remembered the song, Raymond sang the song to him. Um, and then he also finds out that the reason Raymond was put in the institution is that he, uh, they were afraid he would hurt Charlie because Charlie's mom, Charlie and Raymond's mom died when Charlie was two. So he never knew his mom. And I'm sure it felt like to his dad that that was a lot to take care of. And it, it, they imply that there was some type of bathtub and hot water and potentially Raymond may have unintentionally um, hurt Charlie. And so that's when he was put into an institution. So they go on the whole they go on the whole trip, you know, Charlie ends up figuring out that he is a, he is a savant and he has special skills. Um, and so as it relates to numbers, and so he basically takes advantage of him in Las Vegas, um, to win money that he needs to kind of cover some of his debt, his debts with the business. Um, and then in the course of time, as you would expect with this kind of movie, what was the tagline? Um, a journey journey of a work. journey through understanding and fellowship yeah so it's kind of weird so yes he, do, he does but, but very descriptive it is so he gr- he grows to understand him and i think he grows he grows to love charlie Lo- grows to love raymond and while there's a couple of of spots where raymond kind of shows affection to charlie you basically figure out he really can't show affection he doesn't um he doesn't have an emotional really side of him um, and so, so the movie basically is him learning to understand that. And at the end of the end of the process, Charlie realizes that Raymond is is best back in the facility where he's grown, where he grew up in, because he's and clearly he's you can tell Raymond's probably 30, 40 years old in the movie. So he spent all of his life at this one facility and he's comfortable there and he likes it and he's happy there and he's got his routine. And um, and so Charlie basically realizes that's the best thing for him. And yeah. Basically figures out that's the best way to love him is not to, yes like, take him out of that. Yes. Because um, I think he does, like, at the end, he has to, basically, like, the doctor at the facility in Cincinnati, like, flies out to L.A. and is like, you can't just kidnap him. Like, right. um, he offers him money. Like, he's yes. like, if you just want the money, like, take the money and give me, you know, uh, Raymond back. And he kind of looks at him and he's like, it's not about the money anymore. You know, and you feel for him because he's like... 
you know, I never knew my mom. Right. My, I, my dad basically like never loved me. Like he, you know, we, I basically was a jerk. Like he owns up to it. He's like, yeah. I, I was a jerk. I didn't, you know, if my son didn't call me back and did what I did, I wouldn't talk to him either, leave right. him anything in the will. And he's like, but I just found out that I had a brother, you know? And I think that's, um, it's interesting. I, I think the, cause the story is really about Tom Cruise's character and yes. his journey through understanding and fellowship. <laughs> um, uh, and it, it's like in understanding Raymond, he actually understands himself better. And his dad, because if you look at the, at the, when you think about the will reading, he believes clearly that his dad chose his brother. Right. And I think when he realizes that for his entire life, his dad chose him. Yeah. Right. Over his brother. Yeah. In order to protect him. So there was a love there. He just, you know, and we talk about Raymond not being able to, to love, but Charlie has that too. Yeah. Right. So, so through the first part of the movie, you see that with his relationship with his girlfriend, that he has some of the same issues, yeah. inability to care and show compassion and, and, you know, put somebody else first, basically. And like you said, you, you assume his dad was very similar to that. But it doesn't mean that he didn't love him. He he really did choose him. Yeah, over that's Raymond. true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. He chose him because he, yeah, because of what he did. Right. Um, yeah, Susanna's like the best character in the whole movie. Yeah, except for what what was the half crop top things and the mom it was the 80s and the jumps it was terrible you of all people should understand i I know but and what is she like she is she italian i couldn't figure out what nationality she was i think she's italian she seemed italian yeah i agree um but she's like the best she like loves raymond from the get-go and is like always pushing um charlie to be better yeah but i thought the elevator scene was just a little little it's a little much it's a little much the dance would have been fine yes the kiss kiss him on the cheek or have him it was weird it was a little weird it was weird. Yeah, but I agree. She was she was an interesting. But but to your point, it's clearly all about Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, I mean they're the they carry them. I mean it's mostly oh, absolutely. Them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did say I at the beginning I was like their relationship isn't very convincing. Him and his girlfriend. I just didn't think the acting was that great. I agree, but I would say it's because it, they were showing he he really didn't have the yes. ability to. But to I show so that's like but that's an interesting because I mean, obviously in the beginning of the movie I have no context. Right. Um, for that. And I was like, yeah, this is just not great. And then you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like they're trying to prove a point of like, yeah, he's not he's not good at loving other people. Right. Either. You know what I mean? Um, I basically the whole first part of the movie, every time I saw something from Cincinnati that I recognized, I wrote it down. I was like, Columbia Parkway. Oh, I know. But you know what was weird is because I, I I need to research this. But the opening scene, I could have sworn that was in downtown Cincinnati because it looked like that was Crew Tower and it looked like. You know, but what, it wouldn't have been right because well, because then you find out they're in L.A. But I wonder if they shot it in Cincinnati. That's what I'm thinking. That's your to do. Find out if they actually shot that in Cincinnati and pretended like it was L.A. Because I, because you know that whole warehouse, yeah, yeah, yeah. area that's mm-hmm. down there below Davu Park. Um, that's where I thought they were shooting that, and then you obviously figure out that he's supposed to be in L.A. So. Oh yeah, because oh they make a point of like the car coming into the shot with the skyline, so yes. it's like. I wonder, well, and they did film it sequentially, so that would make sense because they wouldn't have, like, shot the first shot in L.A. and then gone to Cincinnati, right, and so, so maybe they, they're just, like, trying to pass it off. And it definitely didn't look big enough to be L.A. No, I think we were, they thought we could be duped, but we know But Cincinnati. we're from here, so we that's know. right. Krista says that happens in New York City all the time, like, movies they shoot, and she's like, that subway station doesn't exist, like, where they just, like, make a yeah. sign <laughs> like, yeah. or something. She's like, that's not a real subway station. I think that's what they did. Yeah. yeah. Well, that happened in, um... The Ides of March, which was also filmed in Cincinnati, and that was um, 
George Clooney and Ryan Gosling. Um, and there's a scene where Ryan got, did you ever see the Ides of March? I don't believe so. There's a scene where he's driving this girl, um, to Covington or no, whatever it is. It's the opposites. He's either driving her to Covington and in the shot, Covington is in the background. It's um, the Roebling bridge again. Yeah. But he like, he's like, I'm taking you over to Kentucky. There's in Covington, there's this clinic, blah, blah, blah. And then it shows him in the car and they're like driving away from Kentucky. <laughs> You're like, that's not, you know what I mean? In in the Ides of March. Yeah. And you're like, like only people from this area would know that. But it's like, for some reason, it was just better to shoot this shot that direction. You have direction. to say, but why? You didn't have to do know. that. You could have driven actually to Covington. Um, Yeah, you could have. I don't know. It's kind of weird. And then I, oh, so they, there is a shot in this movie where they're driving across the Roebling. Yes. And we got very familiar with the Roebling oh, Bridge gosh. back in October. That's all I could think of. Um, so that didn't cross my mind. I know. <laughs> so I think it was such a traumatic incident. I it blocked was, it out. It was very traumatic. Um, so something you should know about my mom is that she's terrified of heights. Like yes. Um, and also she's very short, which I always make the joke. Not very short. Really? Sorry. <laughs> is this gonna be the whole time? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it just comes so easy when I sit with other people and record. Um. <laughs> She's no, I say that because I always make the joke. But she's terrified of heights, and she's shorter than you know average. You're not terribly short, and I'm always like, "Oh, thank goodness you didn't grow any taller. You'd be scared to stand up <laughs> because of how scared of heights she is." But anyways, I preface that with so the Roebling Bridge is the bridge that actually the Brooklyn Bridge was based off of. So yes. the Roebling Bridge came first. So John A. Roebling built the Roebling Bridge, and then he built the Brooklyn Bridge based off of the Roebling Bridge. So one of Cincinnati's claims to fame. Um, so there's this event every, not every fall, every other fall. It's been, it happened a couple of times. It's called Blink Cincinnati. And it's just like these art installments of light and like all this stuff. And so we went with a big group of people in October and there's some in Covington on the Kentucky side. And then there's some in Cincinnati, obviously on the Ohio side. Well, the only way to get over there is across the Roebling Bridge. And we got stuck on it for like an hour, just like cram packed, like shoulder to shoulder with people literally just shuffling across this bridge. And mom actually put on a pretty brave face. I didn't feel like you were scared. Were you scared? I, I was I was not scared. I was very uncomfortable because you've missed the point that it's it's basically a, it, obviously like most bridges, a lot of bridges. It has a suspension to it. Yeah. So it was also swaying. From, it is a suspension bridge, yeah. Yes, so from it the, was from swaying. the amount of people, and so that was a little unnerving. That was a little unnerving. I think I, I wasn't as I wasn't as unnerved by the height and the swaying as a much as much as I was so many people in such a small space. Yeah, it was definitely not safe. So yeah, Cincinnati needs to do better next time around. Yep. Um, the uh, something else that I noticed in this movie, which obviously carries throughout the whole thing, is the score is very interesting. It's awful for a drama. But do you know what? Here's one of my trivia facts. This is Hans Zimmer's first movie he ever scored. Well, maybe. Hang on a second. Because I'm thinking, well, there's the score. But then there's, d does the score also include the the cheesy, weird 80 songs that they oh, played no. through he the entire movie? He wouldn't movie? have been in charge of that, no. Yeah, that's what I meant. That was what I was referring yeah. to. Because I, I did, I wrote that down. I was like, oh my gosh, it's one weird, weird song after another. <laughs> well, it's not any weirder than Top Gun, where they play the same song over and over and over no, again. No, but there was one song, what was it? Them Bones. I mean, really? 
them bones. Did you write that down? I did. And it was like, and then there's another weird song right after that. Okay, so but this is really weird. So the score is very interesting for a drama. And I wrote, I have a trivia fact about the score, which I think informs the weirdness of it that I'll read later. But um, I said, I almost feel like I'm in Animal Kingdom at Disney because really? of the drums. It had like this weird, like almost like African instruments or like something that he was using to record this. And then I literally was like, it sounds like the Lion King. Like there's a, there is a, which Hans Zimmer also scored. So there, really? there was like a piece of music that felt like it mimicked one of the scores of the Lion King. And every time I would hear it, I would sing the rest of it in my head, even though it didn't continue on. Really? It's almost like when he went to the Lion King, he like pulled from this. That's fascinating because I honestly, I did, I can, I don't recall anything about that. That's, I think, well, I mean, I looked up trivia, so obviously I was paying a little bit closer attention yeah, but to I think it. you wa you also watch a movie in its entirety. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? You notice all the different yeah. pieces and parts, and I'm not that, typic typically not that observant. Yeah. I do notice stuff like that, but I don't, but I don't know. I, I don't know why, because I'm weird. It's probably my lack of internal monologue. No, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's awesome how you, yeah, you notice all those pieces. Um, I did, like, so when he... When he kidnaps him from the the institution, um, I'm about to cuss, Mom. I'm sorry. No, don't. Please don't. Not on mine. I don't know another word to use for it. When he kidnaps him, what? I said it's kind of an asshole move to just say, I know what's best for him. There's a lot of synonyms. Jerk. I mean, there's several other ones. I've used jerk already. Anyways, well, I said it, so it's out there. He there's, was, there's no going back. Yes. he he. Yeah, he was terrible. And it's like, okay, dude, you just met him. You do not know what's best for him. Like, right. He didn't but care. I think that was he like. He didn't even care. Because no. he didn't care about what was best for him at that point. No. And I think, but that's actually like interesting that I picked up on that and wrote that line down. Because by the end, he does learn what's best for him. Yes, he does. And it's not him. Correct. Even though he knows he wants to be part of his life. So he sends him back to, to Wahlberg, the institution. But then immediately is like, I'll be there in two weeks. Right. You exactly. know, to come visit you, which is kind of sweet. Um. Oh, when they go to CVG to leave for LA, that, which was weird. They were actually in Union Terminal, were they not? No, it's they're actually what? at CVG. So that is a mosaic. Oh, they took and put that in Union they Terminal. took. <gasps> that was when they were when they. I don't know. At some point, like Union Terminal is getting rid of it, so CVG like saved it. Yes, and because it, it, it absolutely looks like Union Terminal, but they saved it and they put it in that terminal and the terminal they filmed in at CVG is the one that is no longer open. Oh, it's either A or B or whatever. But I remember that terminal, don't you? I do you? too. Oh, yes, I do. Yeah. Like in that walkway? I remember that kind of, I feel like yes. when you would come back, that was the one we would always, when you would come back from your business trips, like that was the one we always picked Probably. you up in. Yeah. But yeah, so there's like a, a CVG has, which they tore it down, didn't they? Because isn't Amazon... I don't know if they tore it down or not. I hope they saved that mural. But I'm it sure they was, um, but I, when it popped up, I was like, I remember that terminal from CVG, but it's, we, it's not open anymore. Right. To it's the not public. operational. Right. Yeah. Which I thought that was interesting. Then when he leaves, so obviously he freaks out at the airport. He doesn't want to fly, which well, that's like his first freak out. And it's very intense and kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. And clearly he's never flown in his life before. It's just the reason he doesn't want to fly is because he knows all of the trivia about airline uh, yeah, crashes. Yeah. yeah. Which, if I did too, that would freak me out. Um, 
but so they get in a they get in the car that his dad left him to drive to LA. They're driving cross country, and it's clear that they've been driving for a long time because it's dark out. But did you notice the road sign when he gets out of the car? He's walking along. Raymond's yeah, two seventy five east and west. Yeah, and I was like, they didn't get very far. No. Um. So clearly they shot that. But what was funny too, if you remember, on the way to that, they they were going through like some desert areas, and it's like, nee, it's not that's yeah, not I around know. here. It's so yeah. funny, but that's just the stuff. Like you think people who live in L.A. or like New York, like Krista, like pick up on stuff like that all the time in movies, right. and it's like just because they filmed it in Cincinnati, we know. Right. Um. So they get stuck at this roadside motel because it's raining out, and he doesn't go out in the rain. That's like one of his like stipulations, and yes. he says he's like, "You shower, Raymond, don't you shower?" and he's like yes but that's in the bathroom yeah <laughs> like he's like it's the same thing as showering he's like you get wet and he's like but the shower's in the bathroom and i literally was like that is mom's logic for anything outside of getting wet when you're i Ooh. i you have been quoted as saying <laughs> i don't want to get wet unless i'm supposed to be getting wet that's true unless i choose to get wet yes that's true that is true. So in that scene, I was like, that I literally put shower rain combo equals mom exclamation mark because mom hates getting wet. Um, unless I, was, I intend to. Unless you intend to. Exactly. Yes. Um, there are a lot of great Tom Cruise yelling scenes in this movie. There, Tom Cruise has a he yelling just scene. and fits. Yeah. He's it's just. Really. Yeah. He's just yelling. Uh, my favorite one was when he stops the car because he finds out Raymond's not wearing his underwear. Yes. Because it wasn't from Kmart. And it and wasn't it boxers. boxers. Yeah. yeah. And so he like slams the brakes on the car and he's like, you can get underwear from anywhere. It doesn't yes. matter. Like, I was <laughs> like, that's great. Um, let's see here. Oh, and then halfway through the movie, I just wrote, I'm sad for Vern, which was the guy who was taking care of Raymond at Walbrook. Oh, I forgot about Vern. I know, but he was like, he loved Raymond. Like he took good care yeah. of him. Like they, when he's, when he first gets there and they go to Raymond's room, um, and he's touching everything and it's freaking Raymond out. Right. Um, Vern is in there and he's like his caretaker. And I just was like, I'm sad for Vern. He's probably upset well, yeah. that they, he got kidnapped. Because and- Vern said he knew. Well, here's the other thing. Well, Vern said he knew him better than anybody. But here's yeah. the other thing. Doctor, what was his name? The doctor, Bruner. Dr. Bruner. He really wasn't very panicked at all that one of his patients that he's in charge of and has been in charge of for decades just got kidnapped. I know. He's pretty calm he's about it. He's very passive about all of that. And like, yeah. Charlie, you know, you really shouldn't have done that. It was just it was just a little bizarre. But it's weird because there's that whole conversation that he has with that lawyer in the, when, during the rain yeah. thing in the hotel that he's like, he never signed over something right. to Raymond that basically says I'm in charge of him. That's true because he said he was voluntar- voluntarily there. But I think that's very interesting because they say he's voluntarily there, but yet they say he can't make decisions for himself. Yeah, ooh, that's interesting. I didn't think yeah. about that. How can you voluntarily choose to do something if you're not yeah. allowed to? Yeah, but so maybe he, like, legally didn't have a right to... So maybe that's why he wasn't... Yeah, but you think Dr. still... Brunner. I would be freaking out. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, Obviously, I wrote The Rain Man, Raymond. I get it. And then I said, another movie where Tom Cruise sings. He is, sings a song with Raymond. And takes and has his shirt off in one scene. It's yes, true. he did sing a song with Tom Cruise Staples singing, taking his shirt off. Yes, no running though. There was no, no running. running. In you're right. You're accurate. In this movie. You are very accurate. Um, the the Walkman TV reminded me of um. You had one. My alias freakout. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> oh, are you kidding? Yes, I remember the alias freakout. So my favorite TV show of all time is Alias. I think I've talked about this on the podcast. And the first season aired in 2001. 
so I was a freshman in high school. Yes. And um, we were watching an episode on a Sunday night, I believe, and the power went out. But it was like a two-part episode. So this yes. was the first part of a two-part episode. So there's a huge cliffhanger at the end, huge. which all the episodes ended with a huge cliffhanger. No, but this was a huge, huge one. Yeah, and the power goes out. So the TV, and this was before DVR. This is before, I mean, I recorded every episode on VHS, but if the power goes out, guess what? You don't get it. That's right. Um, And so there's this huge scene at the end, and I freaked out. Like had a full on oh, panic. You, you lost it. Yeah, it was not my proudest moment. Um, and we pulled out the tiny antenna TV, the handheld antenna yes. TV, and watched the last minute of the episode huddled around it in black and white. But do you remember what the cliffhanger was, right? Yeah, that they found that it was her mom and not her dad. That's right. Yeah, it was a huge cliffhanger. Huge. And because you think the whole time like her dad's the bad guy, but really it was her mom. Right. Spoiler alert if you haven't watched Alias. Um, and then I died. So the screen, so the car is a convertible. Yes. So he figures out that Raymond likes it with the hood down. Yes. Or the top down. And, um, but of course they're like driving through deserts and stuff to get to LA. And so he goes to put, he's like, we got to put sunscreen on your face. Otherwise I got to put the top up. And he puts, he's like slathering sunscreen on Raymond's face. And he says, how does that feel? And he says, very slippery. Yeah. And I died because I hate sunscreen and I feel the same way. It feels slippery. Yeah. Very slippery is it's greasy. Like it's just gross. Like if you get the wrong one, there are better ones now. I don't know. Anyways, but I died laughing. So it's like, I feel that, that on a very real level. Well, he really covered about 30% of his face. Oh, yeah. He, did, he didn't help at all. Yeah. Um, and then he's his whole big thing is that he buys all of his clothes from Kmart. And so the quote that I loved, like, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Kmart sucks. Yes. Was hilarious. Yeah. And then he repeats it at the end. Right. He's like, tell him. He's like, Kmart sucks. sucks. Yes. Um, and then the last quote that I really liked, he when they were in, in Vegas at the casino, um, this woman starts trying to flirt with him and then she, he thinks that she, he has a date with her. Right. So Susanna shows back up in Las Vegas and he, she takes him down for his date that he's meeting her at 10 o'clock and, but Susanna obviously doesn't know what she looks like. And he says, or she asks him, you know, well, what does she look like? And he said, she's very sparkly. She looks like a holiday. I know. And I was like, that's the sweetest thing I in know. the whole world. What other notes did you have, mom? Did you write any other, anything else down? I, I don't did. feel like either of us took a lot of notes. I didn't take a lot of notes and I felt pressure because I kept flipping back through the book going, oh my gosh, some of these people took a lot of notes. And it's funny because I didn't, I don't think about writing down quotes, but I'm not the movie quote person in the family like you guys are. <laughs> Um, I said, my my very first note was Tom Cruise looks so young and skinny. Yeah. He was just very, very skinny. And then I made several comments about the 80s stuff. I was like, pleated pants, so bad. <laughs> and I remember your dad having pleated pants. Oh, yeah? Yes. But that was so bad. And then I was like, why are all his shirts always buttoned to the top? I hate that look. Oh, that's I come back sh- around. I know. I don't understand it. I don't either. I don't if like you it. don't have a tie on, why is it? I think it's because. I don't know. It looks like it's choking you. Just unbutton well, the top it button. It looks uncomfortable. It looks uncomfortable. Yeah. And then Sus- Susanna's clothes were just so bad. Oh, the one when they go to the institution, she has these pink like parachute pants on yes. with like Converse high tops. What I couldn't figure out when they were at his house for the funeral, it's like, is that a onesie she has on or is it like a jumper, pajamas? Do you remember that? The gray? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what is that? Yeah. Um, 
I put, I also put um, Brilliant Performance by Dustin Hoffman. So good. It's like you get why just, you won Best Actor, yeah. You do, and then but then I also put down below that I put um, great acting by Tom alongside such a brilliant performance. Because, no, I agree. Because you have to. I can't imagine what it took for him, being knowing who Dustin Hoffman is, and it just it was just a brilliant performance. Yeah, because this is still pretty early on in Tom Cruise's career. Very much so, because he was very young. Yeah. Um, of course, Charlie is a jerk. You you do. You spend most of the movie not liking him at all. This one I wrote, and I'm very curious about this, but I don't have the answer to it. You know, I said, Charlie obviously doesn't understand Raymond at all. And I, and I said, how much was known about autism at the time of the movie? Uh, because obviously we know a lot about, you know, um, autism and savants and um, Asperger's and those kinds of things today. But I wonder back then how much was... I can't remember. I, I'm pretty sure... That was probably a real introduction to a lot of people of well, autism. There's, there's the whole scene in the movie where he stops in like middle America to find a psychiatrist to help him out. And right. he tells the nurse that he's autistic. And she's like, what? Artistic. She said, he's she, artistic? He's artistic. He says, no, autistic. autistic. Yeah. And she's like, what's that? Like, she didn't know. She's a nurse. Right. So I know? think I think it was probably a real um, real opening Yeah. Um, for them to describe some of that. So I did, I did write that down. I was kind of curious about it. Um, the whole, the whole Vegas scene, I was like, why did they buy matching suits? I mean, they make such a big deal of showing that entire line of all those different suits. Oh yeah. Why did they buy matching suits? Because they're brothers, mom. Yeah, but they're supposed to be high rollers in Vegas. High rollers in Vegas don't wear matching suits. And they don't want to draw attention to themselves because they're doing something that's against the rules. Right. So why would you match? I don't know. (laughs) Because it feels like that would be like... The first thing you would notice yeah, is two I, guys that would come in matching each other. I thought that was a But I feel bizarre. like it was supposed to be like, brothers, we have matching shoot suits. Yeah, but Charlie didn't even feel that way about him. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of odd. Yeah. Um, and then the only thing, that I, my last note, which I felt like I had to put this, is I ended up feeling sorry for Charlie. Sorry, Charlie. Yeah. I yeah. felt sorry for him at the end because I'm sure he has a lot of regrets now. There's just a lot of things he understands more. I think he matured. Obviously, you could see he matured, he matured through the journey. Um, but yeah, you do spend most of it just really not liking him very much at all. Yeah, it's weird. Tom Cruise has had that quality about him where like he plays unlikable characters sometimes, but you somehow you still like him. You do, and I and I agree with that because I was thinking about that. You know, you you either you either like him or but 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 no, this one you really can't like him for yeah. most of the movie. Yeah, because he treats him pretty bad. Yes, he does. He's very similar though, in a way, not completely, but like in a way, is very similar to Jerry Maguire. Like, yeah, Jerry's very, but in Jerry Maguire, he's very, what I remember of it. He's very self-centered, but he's not cruel to other people and i felt like and raymond clearly didn't recognize it most of the time there were a couple times most of the time raymond didn't recognize it as him being cruel and i think that's what bothered me so much yeah but it was his lack of understanding of of who raymond was which is why he went on a journey through understanding right and understanding and fellowship (laughs) who uses fellowship as a tagline i don't know um that's interesting but yeah i think like i think tom cruise really does have a way of doing that where you're like I think it was the self-centeredness of the character that um, that definitely, like, that was similar to Jerry Maguire. Because that's yes. the part of Jerry Maguire, like, that you don't like about him. But he's still likable. But yeah. Same um, character as in Top Gun. Yeah. Maverick also very self-centered. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, so I think that's an interesting 
thing. But you love Tom Cruise. I do love Tom Cruise. Um, and we told the story in the Top Gun episode about us meeting Tom Cruise. Almost. Almost. Um, yes. But what was like your... What was the the Tom Cruise movie that you were like, and now I'm a Tom Cruise fan? Um, Probably Top Gun. Was it? I think it's interesting because I know Tom Cruise very differently than what you know him acting like he's my personal friend. But um, <laughs> Tom. he's so charming. Yeah. He, he is an attractive guy. He's very charming. But when I knew Tom Cruise and when I, when he became my crush, um, he was, he was a Midwestern boy. Yeah. Right. He was just, he was the good boy, the good kid that came out of, you know, mid mid America and made it big. So he wasn't strange at all. He just, you believed him to be in his personal life, what you saw in the movies. You yeah. thought he was just a Midwestern, wholesome, you know, good guy. Yeah. So you, you guys have really, you've probably known him more from the Scientology forward days. Yeah. And I remember him from, from the past when he was just, you know, the, the kid on the block that made it big in Hollywood. Yeah. He's in such an interesting career trajectory because of that. Yeah. Um, because you look at like his early career and he was in a lot of really big stuff. Yeah. Like, so 1986, Top Gun, mm -hmm. highest grossing movie of 1986. Two years later, 1988, Rain Man, highest grossing movie of 1988. Like, I can't think of a movie star in our day and age that's not like like separate from what i would consider like an intellectual property like the avengers or star wars yeah that's would... in the high the two highest grossing movies over a three-year span and like and still and has had a pretty diverse career even though people remember him for similar roles i agree i think he's a very diverse career the only the only other actor i would probably think about is tom hanks yeah. Because Tom also had, he has a lot of those big movies, very different movies. Yeah. Something with a name. Yeah. The other <laughs> thing about Tom Cruise, and he's, he's still my crush. I'm sorry, Mark, but he knows that. <laughs> but he's aged very well. He actually you know what I'm has, yeah. He was very he was very attractive when I was in my 20s, and now that I'm not in my 20s, he's, he's still very attractive. He's was, aging that well. That was smooth, Mom, not to give away your age there. Well, you already did, so... <laughs> <laughs> Only if they do the math. Um, yeah, Tom Hanks is up there with him, which is interesting because the more I've done the podcast, especially with those movies in the 80s and 90s, that they um, were up for a lot of the same roles initially. Yeah. But and Tom Hanks isn't a heartthrob. No. He's he's the guy you, you, you want to be best friends with. Yeah. You want to date Tom Cruise. Well, now you he's like, be friends with now Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks is like America's dad. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yes. Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise is not. He's, no. he's still the... You still want him to be your date. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm like, yeah, 32, I don't know, I'd go on a date, yeah. Um, exactly. No, I think that's an accurate, that's an accurate um, thing. It was interesting, because one of the trivia facts that I have has to do with Forrest Gump. Really? And um, so it, uh, let me see if I can find it, because it does um, have to do with um, Tom Hanks, but um, let's see here. Gosh, I have a lot of, uh, a lot, a lot of trivia. 
Um, That's what happens when you're quarantined okay. with Corona. You can I know, look up right? a lot of stuff. I yeah. know. Um, it says at one point Warner Brothers had the opportunity to make both this movie and Forrest Gump, but ended up with neither because of concerns that they were too similar. Because too of similar? The main characters dealt oh. with. I know. And they, they're not. They're not at not all, all similar. Um, and Warner Brothers ended up with neither of them. And it's funny because they both ended up being the highest grossing movies of their the year that they were released. Do you know which one made more money? Forrest Gump by far. Did it really? It made $330 million. Yeah. But they are different because I think you could look at Rain Man and say, I don't know. You look at Rain Man and say the story was about Tom Cruise. But Dustin Hoffman's performance oh, yeah, 100%. was brilliant, but it was yeah. about Tom Cruise. Yeah. Well, and the title character is Raymond. Right. Rain Man. Rain Man. But it was about Tom Cruise. Forrest Gump was yeah. clearly about Forrest Gump. So it's really interesting. So one of my other trivia facts um, is, in, in, this is interesting, and I agree, but it's Sir Michael Caine, who everybody looks to and yes. says is, you know, whatever. Um, he actually revealed that Tom Cruise's performance in Rain Man was one of his personal favorites of all he held ever seen on film. Tom so, Cruise? Uh, yeah, Tom Cruise's performance in this um, of all he'd ever seen on film. Um, and it's interesting because there's a personal story. So Michael Caine actually found out um, some somewhat late in his life that he also had a brother he'd never been told about really who um, had lived most of his life in Cane Hill mental hospital with a debilitating diagnosis of epilepsy with great sincerity. He said Tom's performance was beautifully done. He went on to say that Dustin had the showy part, but Tom's required great discipline and a responsibility to draw the viewer into Raymond's point of view, as well as portray the painful acceptance of the limitations his brother's condition placed on their level of familial intimacy. Mm, very and true. And I was like, wow. that is accurate. So it's like, yeah, Dustin Hoffman's part is more showy because it's probably more um, pronounced yes. is a word I maybe I would use to describe that. Um, and Tom Cruise's was probably a little bit more subtle. Um, but I think he obviously has a unique way of looking at it because something happened, something similar happened to him. Yeah. Um, and so he, but I think he's, he's been quoted as saying that it's one of his favorite performances of all time, really? but it, because I think it's so personal for him. Um, but that has to be a big deal for Michael Caine to say that oh, everybody sure. looks up to Michael Caine. But so. that's, but that's true. That's a good point. The acceptance, because I think, I think Charlie thought towards the end of the movie he always wanted that family relationship right because he, he didn't know his mother he didn't have it with his father and so all of a sudden now he's got a brother maybe you'll have a chance to have the family kind of relationship he never had and then he, you're right he gets to the end and he accepts the fact that he's not going to ever get that from raymond he's, yeah you know he he can love him yeah he can give it but he's not going to get it but back. he's never going to get it yeah. back yeah but the, and you get a little glimpses of him like i think that's what's so sweet about when he goes to see the psychiatrist at the end that's like basically deciding whether or not he can stay with Charlie and then they leave the room the two doctors leave the room to talk and Charlie goes over to Raymond and is basically he says like he's like you don't like the questions you know like he doesn't want to upset him he says I promise you no more questions and uh, Dustin Hoffman says my main man yeah which is what he used to say about Vern and then he leans his his forehead up against, and he's not he doesn't like touching people, right? And so for him to like even just like they leaned his head up against his head was like a really big deal. It's very sweet. Um, 
All right, so let's jump in. We've we've a lot of trivia to cover, um, but this is interesting. So I'm it's they're kind of all over the place. So I'm just gonna run through them. But for in-flight viewings of this movie, several airlines deleted the sequence in which Raymond reels off the statistics on airline accidents. That seems which wise. Is wise. If yes. you're in the air, you don't really want to be reminded of that. And it says, except Qantas. Obviously, they left it in. Yes. And it says, um, they actually even promoted one of the movie's writers to first class when he traveled on their airline, Qantas. Did, oh, that's cute. As like, kind of like, you know, pointing that out. That's cool. Um, and it, as of 2019, what Raymond says about Qantas was and still is true. So from 1921 to 2019, Qantas has never lost any jetliners. They've lost propeller planes, but not jetliners. Interesting. Um, so that is actually a true fact. Um, it's a darn shame we don't have Qantas here in Cincinnati. Well, I agree. Um, during filming, uh, so this is really interesting because everybody obviously talks about Dustin Hoffman's performance. He won the best actor for it, but it said during filming, Dustin Hoffman was unsure of the film's potential and his own performance. Um, three weeks into the project, Hoffman wanted out telling Barry Levinson, get Richard Dreyfus, get somebody Barry, because this is the worst work of my life. Hoffman would nab his second best actor Academy Award for his work. So he actually was not convinced that he was doing a good job. Um, which I feel like that would be hard to gauge. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not an actor, but I feel like that would be hard to gauge. Um, especially for something that's probably as sensitive as that. Like you don't want to do it wrong. You don't want to do it in injustice. But he also may have had, I wonder how much research or exposure he had to autism before he did the role. I did read somewhere that he had hung out with, some people who yeah. had it to kind of get, you know, whatever. Um, so this is an interesting uh, trivia fact. The scene in the motel room where Charlie remembers his whole older brother and why he called him Rain Man was actually shot in one take. Um, and this was done well into filming when the actors had both found a natural rhythm together. But that's really? like, that's unheard of. You don't film things in one take. Like, that never happens. Well, and that was a very emotional scene. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting. Um, so here's actually, that answers your question, but Dustin Hoffman spent a lot of time with savant Kim Peake, the inspiration for the character of Raymond, um, Rayman writer, uh, Barry Morrow first met Peake in 1986 and upon winning an Oscar for the screenplay for this movie in 1989, gave his Oscar trophy to Kim Peake. Um, Hoffman made, uh, Kim's father, the man's, uh, the main caregiver, a promise that, uh, he would share Kim with the world. And for nearly 20 years until his death, Kim Peek went all over the world, um, impressing people with his incredible memory and ability to recall minute details from centuries of history. Oh, wow. So that guy actually, like, he was the rain man. Like, he was the actual, like, guy. And um, I thought that was really interesting. So he got to know that guy really well and um, obviously did some cool stuff with him. Um, So, you know, do you know that savants, they can be different skills, right? It's not just the memory. And the recall. I did not know. I've, I don't know much about it. Yeah. To be so there. Yeah. So you could. I. You know. I've seen stories and stuff and things like you. You can have a. Um. Be a musical savant. Oh yeah. Yeah. So be able to play. You know, very complex and and huge bodies of, of symphonies and things like yeah. that. So the the savant itself isn't just limited to memory and counting and things like that it, it shows up in other different ways as well sure, which like is fascinating artistically and things like that too yes painting i've seen yeah. that as well yeah yep. interesting um 
so the scene that I love after being interviewed by the psychiatrist, Raymond leans his head against Charlie's and says, my main man, Charlie, um, that was actually unscripted and improvised by really? Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. So, which makes it even like more, cause I think he said, I think Tom Cruise in the movie goes, what? Like he says yeah. what? And because it was unscripted. Oh, um, Let's see here. So the film actually first opened. So I don't know if you'll remember this. Probably not because you had um, a one-year-old. But um, the film first opened with a disappointing $6 million in revenue. So it didn't do well when it first yeah, opened. Um, however, in the following weeks, it generated great word of mouth against uh, amongst movie reviewers, um, allowing the movie to steadily climb up to the number one slot. So And, and then it ended up being the highest grossing movie. Of the, but that's crazy. Think about that. Like, oh, yeah. It ended up with $172 million in the U.S., and it's opening weekend, it got $6 million. Yeah, because it doesn't happen. If you're going to be a blockbuster, never, yeah. it's from day one. Oh, that's that interesting. That never happens. Um, this is my favorite piece of trivia. Okay. Now having seen the movie. It wasn't when I wrote it earlier today. Okay, awesome. The elderly man in the waiting room oh who talks gosh. on and on about the Pony Express yes. is Byron P. Kavnar, an 89-year-old local who was in the waiting room when the crew arrived to film there. He got to talking on his favorite subject, the Pony Express, and director Barry Levinson got such a kick out of it that he let Kavnar keep on talking as the cameras rolled. All his dialogue was spontaneous <gasps> and not scripted. You're kidding me. Isn't that amazing? So he wasn't even... So while all that stuff was going on, he just... He was just talking. He was just talking. Oh just my talking. gosh. That is... I want to go back and watch it again now. Was I the, know. Was the old lady an actor? I think so. But she didn't say anything. Yeah. Um, but what's crazy is like, oh, so if awesome. he was 89 when they filmed the movie, that means he was born in the 1800s. He probably saw the Pony Express, he right? He probably did. <laughs> wow. That is hysterical. Isn't that awesome? I was like dying that I'm watching it and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's totally not scripted because it's just like, it's, it's all over the place. But it's so all over the place. You assume it has to be scripted. Right. And it's like, but it feels very natural. Well, yeah. Yeah. It was very interesting. Well, I want to go see that again now. Um, so this is interesting. I always love this. Jack Nicholson, Robert De Niro, and Mel Gibson all turned down the part of Raymond. And I can't picture any of them in that part at all. Maybe Robert De Niro. Maybe. maybe. Or not Robert De Niro. I'm thinking of maybe Richard Dreyfuss I could probably see. Yeah. It, but it's interesting because there's such an age difference. It, uh, it, it implies there's a huge so age difference. So this is actually one of my trivia facts. Can you guess what the actual age difference is between Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman? Oh, like in real life. Yeah. I bet it's... Less than 10 years. No. What? It's 25 years. What? Yeah. It's 25 years. Oh, that's fascinating. I bet you'd notice it now. Maybe not like how they've aged now. Of course, Tom Cruise looks... Well, he looks, looks so young lot, there. So yeah. Well, but you know what? I think the movie, the theme of the movie, you didn't think of them as being 25 years apart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I mean, clearly, you could tell there's clearly a big age gap between the two of them from the storyline. Yeah. But you wouldn't have thought 25 years. I don't know what the I don't know what the character age gap is supposed to be. They don't ever say that. But it's enough right. that as like a two-year-old or three, however old he was when he got sent away to the institution, he was old enough to like put him in a bathtub and, yeah, you know what I mean? I thought that was, a, that was another part. I was like, wow, they sent him to an institution three weeks after... The mom slash wife died. It's not a very long time. That's yeah. that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard. Um, 
Tom Cruise always wanted to rehearse while filming. So he and Dustin Hoffman rehearsed while driving to the set, which I thought was interesting. And they frequently switch roles. Really? So they would do it like opposite, which I thought was an interesting fact. Um, this I is, did wonder. That's funny you said that because I did while I was watching the movie. I thought this is one of those movies that I wouldn't be surprised if they came out and said that they didn't spend any time together. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so that he yeah. could, so Dustin Hoffman could stay in character. Yeah, yeah. But it kind of sounds like that's not the case. Yeah, I agree. Um, this was Hans Zimmer's first score for a Hollywood production, like I said earlier. But it was interesting because one of the other facts um, that went along with it is that um, he actually only scores, there's only 12 minutes of, yeah, Hans Zimmer's musical score lasts less than 12 minutes of the whole movie. Yeah, because it's full of cheesy 80s songs. <laughs> Them bones. Them bones. Um, but oh they uh, but they end up using a lot of the same score over again, but it's that same thing. I'm telling you, it's something from Lion King. I'm going to find it, and I'm going to play them side by side, and you will know that I am right. You should do that. Um this was the thing about Hans Zimmer's score that I thought would be interesting and maybe explain why it sounds the way it does. Director Barry Levinson specifically instructed composer Hans Zimmer to avoid strings in his score because he felt it would make the film too sentimental. Oh. And so I was like, oh, so you just took out a whole section of the orchestra and was like, you can't use that. Yeah, you're left with trumpets or percussion. Yeah, it's very percussion heavy, but yeah. like weird percussion instruments, not like normal percussion, which is it has that kind of like, it has like an African feel to it. It's very weird. Interesting. Um, So when at Pompilio's, when he tells Bonnie Hunt's character, Sally Dibbs, yes. her phone number, which is hilarious. Um, he says, so it says Raymond memorizes a phone book up to the names Marsha and William Gotsigan. Yes. And those are the names of Dustin Hoffman's real life in-laws. Oh, you're kidding. How fun. So he threw that in there. He threw that in there. And I was like, oh, that's fun. Um, Which is funny now. That's the other thing, too, about the 80s. I mean, she's while she's surprised he knows her number, she's not completely freaked out. Whereas, like, today, people oh, would be like, yeah. um, get out of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Um. So this is another tie to Forrest Gump. So at one point, this movie was the biggest grossing Best Picture Oscar winner. So it made the most and won the Best really? Picture um, thing. But it was subsequently surpassed by Forrest Gump. Interesting. Yeah. And it came out, Forrest Gump came out six years after uh, this movie did. That sounds right. Um, this was interesting. The script was originally written with real life brothers Randy and Dennis Quaid in mind. <laughs> Which is oh, super I can't bizarre. see that. I can't and see that. I'm going to be honest. When I wrote that trivia quote, I was like, "There are two Quades, and am I getting them confused in my head?" You didn't remember? You don't, Randy Quaid. I know Dennis. That's the dad in Parent Trap, right? Dennis Quaid. Yeah, you know Randy Quaid. If you saw him, you'd know exactly who he is. I'm only picturing Dennis Quaid in my head. Um. So this is also really interesting. The script originally had Raymond as happy and friendly. But after an huh. initial reading, Dustin Hoffman successfully lobbied for Raymond to be um, with a withdrawn autistic. Yeah. So not like a super over the top friendly, but more of a withdrawn. Which, which I, I think, think that would have ruined the movie. Honestly. I agree. I do too. I so totally agree. I'm glad they listened to him. Um, I've said this a couple times, but it's shot in sequential order, roughly following the actual road trip that the characters take. Um, another movie like the 80s, man. Tom Cruise's wearing of Ray-Bans boosted sales of that style 
While it wasn't anywhere near as big a boost as when he wore Wayfarers and Risky Business, this is the second time in the 1980s his wearing a style of Ray-Ban sunglasses in a movie helped move um, sales of it. Wow. And Did they see pleated pants fly off the shelves? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, think about that. Risky Business, he wore them. Top Gun, he was known for his sunglasses. Yeah, absolutely. Um then this movie, Rain Man, like that's like the the look, and that's why I went with Tom Cruise for sunglasses for my uh, because I think people I, I think so those three movies I had not seen any of those right, and yet somewhere in the recesses of my brain, I, I Tom Cruise and sunglasses go together. It's they like do. a thing. They do. It's like it's his brand. It's like part of his brand. He's cool. Yeah, like he's that. like he's forever tied to sunglasses. Um, I feel like I'm a little bit tied to sunglasses. I've you been are, told but, that you, before. but you lose them. That's why I buy cheap ones. There you go. Um, this is interesting. So we'll have to do this. When we go to Pompilio's, we'll have to take a picture. Yeah. Have you been to Pompilio's? I have. Your dad and I went once. Okay. So I don't, so I don't know if you've seen this, but the diner scene where Raymond counts toothpicks after the waitress spills them on the floor, AKA Bonnie Hunt. Um, was filmed at Pompilio's restaurant in Newport, Kentucky. Today, Pompilio's has a bas-relief mural on the wall, which features velvet-sewn figures of Raymond and Charlie and their Buick Roadmaster parked in front of the restaurant. The actual bronzed toothpicks that Dustin Hoffman counted in the scene are attached to the mural. Have you seen it? I don't remember the mural, but I do remember seeing movie trivia, like or movie um, artifacts on the walls and stuff like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I know. We need to go. I've never been. We yeah. Didn't we try to go one year as a family and something happened? Or I think so. Or maybe Catherine and I complained and we didn't go. <laughs> that, I think that's that feels probably more, more, that likely. Feels more likely. Yes. yes. We don't want to go there. Ew. Um, so <clears throat> this is a fascinating fact. Okay. So okay. I maybe lied before. This might be my favorite fact. There's a lot of stuff with this movie. There it's a big a deal. Who can um, beat the old guy in the waiting room? I know. that It's still my favorite, but this is a very close second. When Dustin Hoffman's Best Actor Oscar was presented to him by Michael Douglas, the words that preceded the announcement were, and the Oscar goes to, which, for the first time, had replaced the traditional line, and the winner is. Oh, the, really? The Academy had made the switch for discretionary purposes, and the practice has been in effect ever since 1989. So the first year that wow. they say, and the Oscar goes to, wasn't until 1989 when Dustin Hoffman won his Best Oscar, Actor Oscar. That is interesting. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. I just always assume that's exactly what they said the whole time. The old man trivia is better. It is better, but that's, but that's good. That is kind of, yeah, I thought yeah. they did too. Um, Steven Spielberg was actually considered to direct. Um, hmm. He began making notes in order to prepare for the project, and the reason he backed out is because his friend George Lucas needed him to start work on Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Isn't that something? I know. Isn't that nuts? Isn't wow. it weird? Like all these like movies that have almost been made by certain people and different stars yes. and then it ends up being, you know, something completely different. Yes. Um, Dustin Hoffman actually originally wanted Bill Murray to play Charlie and I can't picture that at all. Oh. That's so, it would have been like too comedy heavy, I think. No, and. No. And Bill Moore, yeah, aren't they wrong, similar in age? It? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no. Um, this is interesting. Barry Levinson shot most of the... I was trying to pay attention to this because I wrote it down earlier, but I I realized halfway through the movie I wasn't looking for it. Um, Barry Levinson shot most of the exchanges between Charlie and Raymond in profile, which is very 
not normal for a movie um because raymond refuses to make eye contact with anyone to whom he's talking so maybe by the side yeah so if you shot if you shot him like over the shoulder like it normally would it would look weird because they're not actually looking at the actor like they would normally you know what i mean that was an interesting Hmm. um way to shoot that um this is Bonnie Hunt's film debut. Was it really? Yes. And I love Bonnie Hunt. But she oh, looks yeah. young in this movie. She does. And she's only there for a brief yeah, couple minutes. Yeah. And she's, well, I think I said that in the Jerry Maguire podcast that she's obviously also with him in Jerry Maguire. And she said something to him on the set and he didn't remember. That's funny. <laughs> um, but she almost, her hair is darker in this. I'm glad but she, she went looked like different. full blonde. She did look different. Yeah. She was a little, her hair was darker. Yeah. I think is what looked weird. Yeah. Um, the so Walbrook, the building at the back of the long tree line drive, is actually St. Anne's. That's yes. a convent yes. um, that houses over 200 nuns and is located in Melbourne, Kentucky. So we're gonna have to go there. We have to recreate the poster. Sure. But the, but the trees that were in the movie have since been torn down. What? Why? Yeah, they were dying. Um, and it was like really. Yeah, they've planted other trees, but they're not big oak trees. Oh, that's very sad. I know. Um, they actually did that in 2007 and I read a Cincinnati actually did an article on all the filming locations on the 25th anniversary of the movie and, um, how they looked, I think it was 2014 was the 25th anniversary. So they did like a side by side where you could like slide the picture and it would be like, here's what it looked like in 1988. Here's what it looks like now. Um, so that's really interesting. We're going to recreate them walking down the pathway. Yeah, But clearly I have to be Tom Cruise. Sorry. You're Dustin Hoffman. I know I'll have the backpack. I know. (laughs) Because I'm short. <laughs> well, I have the sunglasses, so that's why it has to. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, this is interesting. Reportedly one of Princess Diana's favorite movies. Really? Yeah. So the late Princess Diana, which I thought was nice. Um, Raymond states that his underwear is from the Kmart on Oak and Burnett. Yes. Um, 400 the, Burnett Street, I yeah, think is what he said. This address is actually for the Vernon Manor Hotel in Cincinnati, which is the hotel where Charlie Raymond and Susanna stay in the beginning of the movie. Yes. So I, I think anybody who's from Cincinnati knows there's not a Kmart downtown. Correct. But um, so it's funny that they just picked the address. That, well, that's bizarre. Why can't you just pick the address of an actual Kmart? I don't know. I don't know. That always befuddles me. I mean, there's, there's an actual... Yeah, it doesn't really matter. There's like, an actual why? Kmart, so why can't you just... Maybe they wanted the cross street thing. I don't know. I'm just thinking if if I was doing a movie and you were say I would look up an actual camera and go, no, it's this address, and people would say, no, nobody else cares about that. And I'm like, I I do. And it's is- here, so you need an address. So why not just use this one? That's right. Yeah. No, I would be that way too. I agree. Where I'm like, somebody's gonna look up that address and see that's not a Kmart. Right. Yeah. Um, the song Ico Ico played during the opening credits. Also plays during what movie? Oh, I have no idea. You clearly have not listened to episode 10 of this podcast. I have listened to every episode. <laughs> Some of them more than once. Um, it plays during the opening credits of Mission Impossible 2. Oh. That also stars Tom Cruise and was also scored by Hans Zimmer. So that's in, that is a very random song to be in both of those movies. It's just a regular song like somebody yeah. else. Yeah. Super I thought bizarre. he was more creative than that to reuse the same song. Well, it's not Hans's choice, so it would have been different. They're different oh, that's directors, right. so it's like it's just interesting that huh. that got played. It's a remix in Mission Impossible Two. It sounds a little more actiony. Um, and then how many? So this is just a fun. I'm going to end on this trivia fact. Um, how many minutes into the movie before Dustin Hoffman appears on screen? Take a guess. 
Um, 27. Close, 19. That's pretty, like... Wow. You were eight minutes off. But it's a long time before Dustin... They got to set up time. the whole, like, Charlie thing, though. Yes, They got to set up his character. Um, okay, and then here I... I found a list of all the greater Cincinnati filming locations. Oh. So St. Anne Convent in Melbourne, Kentucky, the Roebling Suspension Bridge, which we've talked about. Mm -hmm. The Evergreen Cemetery in Southgate, Kentucky is where his dad's burial was. Yep. Um, the Dixie Terminal Building in Cincinnati was the bank he goes to where you can see the Roebling Bridge. Yes, yes. And now there's a building there. You can't see the Roebling Bridge from that. Who did that? Why would you do I that? I don't know. But if you do the side-by-side -side on that website, you can't. It doesn't have the same view anymore. Interesting. Um, Pompilio's Italian Restaurant in Newport, Kentucky, which we've talked about. Columbia Parkway, obviously, in Cincinnati. Um, the Vernon Manor um, is Children's Hospital vernon manor was so the hotel they stay yes. at the exterior of it is actually part of children's hospital yes. which is kind of bizarre um the wcet channel 48 in cincinnati the offices that they meet in yeah is there um obviously cvg we talked about that yep um and then that is an actual home on beachcrest lane where he says his address yes. like constantly that yes. is an actual house on beachcrest lane that they go to so was the entire movie shot in cincinnati no, it was filmed like, uh, th but there's some parts where they're like in Texas, but they filmed it in Oklahoma. Oh, that's so, right, because like, it's a road trip. The... That was a dumb question. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, they faked all of it, Mom. Yeah. Um, It's weird how much you can film in Cincinnati to look like. I know. No, I do think they... It looks like Vegas. <laughs> I know, right? How did they do that? Um, Movie magic, Mom. Yep. Um, The... Yeah, no, because I think they... I think they, you know, movies aren't normally filmed in sequential order. They're filmed all... Right. Out of order and whatever's easiest for the production crew. Um, and so, but because it's a road trip and they were actually driving, like, I think they actually, like, drove across country. Wow. So they, they did film it. it in more of a sequential. Or I'm sure there was stuff in Cincinnati that was filmed, like, out of order and right stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, I think they filmed it as close to sequential order as, as possible. Interesting. So, yeah. It was good though. I enjoyed it. I'm good. glad it feels like I. It feels like one of those movies that whenever, um, like I told Jocelyn today, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go watch Rain Man with my mom," and she was like, "Oh, you haven't seen it?" And I was like, "No." It it just it feels like I should have seen it by now. Right. Um. So I'm glad to like you know cross that one off the list because it feels like that was a long time coming. Like there's gonna be some of these movies for the podcast, and I'm be like, "Ugh." Yeah. Do I have to watch it? But you know, it's interesting that it's a best. It was about all got all those Oscars, yeah. and yet it's you never see it on TV. I know it's never it's never a rerun. You never you know like a few good men. It's on or Top the, Gun, which was on tonight when I walk, came over here. Right, Dad it's, was of course watching. Yes, it. of course I've seen it a hundred times, but it's it's yeah, it's not one of those movies. That is true. Yeah, I've never seen it like on TV where I'm like, oh, don't watch this because I'm uh, thirty minutes in and I've never seen right. it. So don't. That's true. It's never really on anything. Yeah, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. I was hoping you would like it. It is currently on Amazon Prime if anybody wants to watch it. There you go. Um, but yeah, I did. I really enjoyed it. I didn't think that I wouldn't enjoy it. Um, it's a different movie for Tom Cruise. It's yes. not a typical Tom Cruise movie. Um, but I think I, I always, I think I am ending up enjoying those movies more. I've seen a lot of his action stuff, so it's yes. not new to me. But I think watching some of his more serious, dramatic, or even, like, comedic stuff um, really shows how great of an actor he really yep. is because he does have a lot of range. 
Um, I think he played Charlie really believably in this because like you said, like you do, you do have a hard time rooting for him because he's such a jerk. And then by the end of it, you're like, ugh, I feel bad for him. Exactly. Yep. He just met his brother and now he's got to go back to Cincinnati and like, it's not like they'll have a relationship, but it won't be ever be what he would hope to have been. Yep. So, all right. Thanks for coming on the podcast, mom. Thanks for having me. It's finally my turn. We'll have to post pictures on the, the booze cruise podcast, social media stuff of our of our day out once this whole yes coronavirus thing blows over that would be awesome that'll be our big that should be like the first big thing we do before we're like freedom we're free yes exactly all right mom i love you thanks for coming on the podcast easy go connect them dry bones easy go connect them dry bones easy go connect them Try bones, now hear the word of the Lord.